Good Company is a production of iHeartRadio. I have a sense of duty to feel like we are helping companies stay in business and people feel good about their lives. Hi, I'm Michael Casson. Welcome to Good Company, where I'll explore how marketing, media, entertainment, and tech are intersecting, transforming our lives and the way we do business at a breakneck speed. I'll be joined by some of the greatest business minds and strongest leaders who will share how they've built companies from the ground up or transformed them from the inside out. My bet is you'll pick up a lesson or two along the way. It's all good. It's a pleasure today to welcome to Good Company a very, very good friend and a longtime associate, uh, Rob Riley. Uh, Rob, welcome. Very happy to be here. So, Rob, when you and I met, and many, many years ago, you were still in another life. Yeah. But for some time now, you've been the global creative chairman of McCann World Group. And when I grew up in the industry, and now again, and I do say that, because I guess there was a middle period where I couldn't say this. Yeah. The creativity and the realization of the power of what an organization like McCann Erickson can put forth goes well beyond truth well told. As I remember the uh, mantra of McCann Erickson from many years ago when I was part of Interpublic, truth well told, I think, is still very much at the core of what you do. Yeah, it's a great, uh, yeah, truth well told is the McCann, you know, mantra and has been for for 100 years, uh, 100 years plus. But, you know, what what I'm the creative chairman, I'm the chairman of uh, McCann World Group which is not McCann, the advertising agency, it's McCann Health, it's MRM, it's, it's uh, Kraft, the production unit. And uh, so they had a mission when I started. It was on the walls of McCann World Group in 622. And it said, uh, transforming businesses and, and, and uh, building brands or building companies or saving companies. It said something. And it was on the wall when you walked in the building. I said to Harris Diamond, you know, our, our CEO, and this was done way before him. I said, if I do anything, we take down that sign. Because it's so it's soul crushing. It sounds like we're a consulting firm. I want young people to be excited about coming to work every day. So we sat in a room and, and we decided what is McCann World Group been good at, and uh, it's always been how do we help brands play a meaningful role in people's lives. So that, along with Truth Well Told, which is really the McCann sort of uh, DNA, uh, how do we help brands play a meaningful role in people's lives? That is what World Group does. You got 17,000 people going in the same direction, which is pretty powerful. Well, that, that's not pretty powerful. It's really yeah. strong. And Rob, it's interesting because that gets to one of the questions I wanted to talk about today, sure. which is purpose. And yeah. what you've just described is purpose. It's not necessarily purpose in the old and important adage of you, one does well and then they yeah. do good. But you're talking about purpose as a core principle of McCann making brands you know, change people's lives and have impact on people's lives. I can think of a few examples. Certainly one that screams out is the fearless girl. It's a great one. It never gets old. It never gets old. And I remember when it appeared and all the noise and everybody thought, was this a, an OTO one time only? And it became much more than that. It's, it's a symbol of so much and talking about purpose that's one to focus on. I mean, the fearless girl has become not just a symbol for State Street. I think it's become a symbol for, for business, for changing people's lives. Talk about that a little, Rob, if, you, if we could riff. 
Well, one thing I want, I want to make sure that people understand, like none of these ideas like Fearful Scroll happen without a brand partner like Stephen Tisdale and his, his team being in it with you. You know, I mean, State Street is an amazing company, but, you know, banking and, that, and investment and, and, and wealth management, that is a very, um, you know, conservative kind of, kind of industry. And the fact that they were the ones out in front realized they were also part of an industry that you know, had some gender equality issues for sure and said, what can we do about it? And they said, well, we can create a fund by which you can invest in female-led companies and we're going to put pressure on boards, but more women on, on, their, uh, on their boards and companies, but more women on their boards. And our job is the way, how do we bring that to life? And the easy thing we do, let's just do an ad about it. Let's run an ad in a, in a magazine about it. But we brought them an idea of like, what if we brought a, a girl with her hands on her hips in the same, same exact material as the charging bull? We call her fearless girl that matches charging bull and its cadence. You know, we have her hands on her hips so little girls can mimic that. And, uh, and, and that's how you launch the thing. And we didn't do any PR around it either. We just let it be. And I think that's what, you, what, what is most important is when companies do these kinds of things, it's easy for us to make great things, right? It's an, it's an incredible gift when you have a, um, a client that is willing to go there with you. And now that gift is Feral Skrill to the world that they gave. So they've basically given Feral Skrill up to the world. And the best part about Feral Skrill, she started in front of the charging bull. Many people don't know this, is that she was causing a lot of traffic with the bull. That corner where the, the Feral Skrill originally was, was, is very dangerous. And the city said we had to move her. And we said to the city, well, where do you want to move her? And they said, well, we want to take her to a park here. And we said, no, 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 no. There's only one place she can go. So we made a comp up of Feral Skrull standing in front of the New York Stock Exchange, facing the stock exchange, not fronting it. Big difference. This is the why all the stockbrokers have to come out and, and take a look at her and said, I've got to do the right thing next time. And we, we showed the city the comp and said, this is the only place she'll go or she's going to go to somewhere else. Well, you know, every country wants her. And they agreed and she's there permanently now facing the stock exchange. And it's a really incredible feeling and you get goosebumps when you're down there. It's because like, it's the New York Stock Exchange, the most famous building of, of finance in the world. There's Fearless Girl and to the right is the statue of George Washington. That will outlive all of us. You know, this idea, we don't know the impact Fearless Girl will have. Because you might take a 10 year old girl down there and explain the story of what she stands for and she grows up to be president. You know. Her impact is yet to be determined because I think it'll live on way beyond our lifetimes. You know, when, when you think about that, there are several campaigns, and I can think of several, actually, that come out of McCann. But, you know, let me flip to one that didn't. Yeah. Ogilvy. Ogilvy and the campaign for real beauty with Unilever. You know, you think of the cultural impact that had. <laughs> it still has it still has and it still and it still has the concept of that campaign for real beauty was a creative idea and the application of it worked but it was a cultural impact as was fearless girl yeah. i think of another tagline priceless yeah you know you think of mastercard and priceless and that was a mccann creation how yeah. many years ago was that i think it was over over 20 and what's interesting is you know, it always started as advertising 20 years ago. And today it's a 
credit card where uh, uh, a transgender person can get the chosen name they want on the front of their card instead of their, their birth name, which is a very important thing because uh, it's, it's dangerous. You know, it's dangerous when you walk into a convenience store and you pull out your card and you, you, you've, you've transitioned to a, to a man and your card says Laura. And that's a, that's a dangerous thing. You don't know who's behind the counter. You don't know who's waiting in the alley for you. So we brought that idea uh, from uh, a transgender uh, copywriter, uh, ACD, named, named, named Lucas, who's amazing. And he said, this is a problem for me. We brought this idea to MasterCard. They got behind it. They created the card. And Citibank just launched it. You saw in the paper that they took true name and they made it global. That's the kind of impact that I think we have as an industry is it's beyond just the average. So something that started priceless, that's priceless to a transgender person, right? It's very different than what Absolutely. priceless meant 20 years ago. And I think that's a, a very positive evolution that, that brands and platforms can, can be bigger than just the ads and marketing. And you know, the word priceless means and has meant something for a long time. What you did with it turned it into yet another meaning. Yes, of course. Yeah, it that's was the, not uh, priceless in terms of the cost of an item. It was the experience. For sure. And, and, and that's the thing. The experience and it's always about, you know, what kind of concert am I going to or the kind of like the real experience of life experience as a transgender person, how this is life changing and how important that is. And I think that's uh, and it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive from driving the business. The difference between purpose led marketing maybe five or six years ago and today is Young people especially are okay with you making money as a brand, but you better be doing the right thing, better be doing right by the environment, right in society, right in general. They're fine with you making money, but what else are you doing? And I think the brands that understand that are the ones that are gonna win for the decades to come. And the consumer is way more aware of authenticity, so it can't, you can't yeah. bullshit them anymore. The bullshit detector is way more on and people yeah. see through it. And let me bring it to the current moment, Rob. Sure. So back in March, when we realized we were on the cusp of what is now eight months later and still very much in the middle of, the way marketing has followed a trajectory during this period. So at that first instant, the way I characterized it, if I was a quick service restaurant and I was doing a, a, an ad campaign, I would always show beauty shots of food. Sure. You've worked on quick service before. Yeah, yeah. You know, you show beauty I, I, spots. A lot of, of my career is quick service, yeah, yeah. is, is, is uh, beauty shots. So it's okay. Yeah, I love okay. It. And then all of a sudden, if I was a quick service restaurant in April of 2020, I wasn't showing beauty shots of food. I was showing my frontline workers. Yeah. And what I was saying back then, Rob, is we're out of the business of good old fashioned hucksterism. Buy this now on sale here, lowest price. Nobody had anything but purpose. I had friends calling me that are not in our industry saying, Michael, what's going on with the advertising industry? I'm still seeing ads for like, you know, travel and, and you know, movies. There's no movies in the thing. I said, well, you know, the market can't adjust that quickly. There's, you know, but you won't be seeing that. And then we didn't. And there was a yeah. period where all you saw was whether it was telecom or banks or autos it was we care not buy this car we care and then it felt like we were coming out of it for a moment even though the pandemic was sure. still gaining steam and then george floyd happened but where are we now in the continuum rob as you're as you're ideating and your 17,000 yeah. associates are out there talking to clients are we ready for holiday season marketing and 
you know, I, on sale I, I now. I think we are. You know, in a pandemic, when it first happened, it was really scary for everybody. You thought the world was going to end. W was I going to have a job? Like, will I have food? Is there enough toilet paper? We all remember that moment. And I thought it was important, and, and certainly it was a heroic effort from brands and their agencies and the production partners uh, as well, to get work out there that comforted people. And maybe it was cliche, or maybe it sounded, sounded sort of like all, all the same, but I guarantee not everybody who's outside of advertising was saying, that felt cliche. There's like, okay, that's Walmart saying a great message and making me feel good that there's gonna be there and it's gonna be safe. That was an incredibly valuable moment where I think we did an incredible job. I would be super proud to be part of the industry that, that made that moment comforting for as, as many people as possible. Then I think it trans, really transitioned to it's like, okay, what are the actions you are taking as a brand? And brands like Verizon, Microsoft, and MasterCard, there's some of the brands obviously, and other brands, you know, I, a lot of brands beyond McCann, World Group, or IPG brands stepped up with action. And that's what people were really looking for. I think we're now in a point where it's like, I need some normalcy, or this is normalcy, so I need to be feeling I like I need to laugh, I, I, I wanna laugh again. I wanna, I wanna yeah, see irony, I wanna see humor. I agree with you. You know, I, I got asked this question, and I, do, and I agree, I think we're at a point now when we start to talk about the Super Bowl, what should be the tone of the Super Bowl? It's like, I think people wanna feel as normal as possible, and, and what we do is part of the normalization for people right is the comfort and you know I, I people said well how do you stay motivated i get the question of like how do you stay mode or keep your teams motivated and i you know and certainly when we were in the the midst of the pandemic and we're still in it and it's different all at different stages all around the world by the way oh, you I know agree. the u.s when you talk about asia and you talk about latam it's a very different situation than it is right now for us but we're not in a great situation i try to rem remind people that work for us. And I think in general, this is a message that we're not frontliners. We're certainly not risking our lives, you know, taking care of people and, and providing food and delivering packages. But we're, I think we're second liners. And I firmly believe that. I think our job of keeping brands healthy and keeping people working and, and, and companies and, and business is this a second line job. We are, it is important. So it this is essential. the most important time ever for people in marketing. Yeah, there's levels of essential, but this is a level of essential. I think yeah. you're right. In our industry, marketing can have so much impact on the view. Yeah. And therefore, I do think there's a level of essential nature to what we do. A, a sense of duty. I, th I have a sense of duty to, to, to feel like we are helping companies stay in business and people feel, feel good about their lives. So, Rob, you talked about motivating teams. And how are you creating that virtual war room, Rob, and, and maintaining that same level of ideation? Because that's how I'm, I'm sure in pre-pandemic times, the best work didn't come from being on video calls. We didn't Zoom or whatever we did back then, you know, a telcon. Yeah. But the best work came from a whiteboard and a war room. And you don't have that anymore. We have it virtually. How's that working? And are you getting the same level of creativity? Forget keeping people motivated. Let's look at the output. The motivation is what leads to the output, but is the output, are you feeling it? Are people getting those creative juices flowing the same way? Well, it's a, it's a great question. And the war room has evolved into the war wall for most agencies and, and it's out in public. And that's the, the, the best part of, you know, this has been a, was a CPB thing. And when I got to McCann, they had walls everywhere because it used to be 
creatives in, a, in their own office or hidden in or a small group of people hidden in an office or a war room trying to solve it. And now it's much more of a communal thing is because it, the, the work's on the wall. And even if you're not working on that, I might go down to a wall or Tom Murphy and Sean Bryan, uh, the two new, new North American CCOs. You know, we'd go down there. And even if you're not working on that assignment, you're listening. And Harris Diamond always says, you know, we're an apprenticeship business. And without that level of apprenticeship, how are, how are young people and mid-level people really learning? So I've been trying to figure out ways of virtual apprenticeships. How do we do apprenticeship through virtual? And it's working to some degree. And we do a lot of programs. And, and Suzanne Powers leads, you know, all these content development. And we're showing things that we're constantly giving, giving talks and, and having people speak and all those things. It doesn't replace being together. And if any CCO comes up here and says, we're actually doing better work through this, I think they're, they're crazy. You know, I think we are doing the best work possible. And I think overachieving in this situation. And I think we'll be a part of what we do going forward. But, you know, replacing the ability of people to look at a thing and stare at it for hours and not be bored or not have somebody run in and, and kids run in and all that thing has maybe been beneficial to too but there is something about being together that makes the creative process better in the context of what we've got to deal with we're getting good creativity it may not be as good as what we'd get if we were back you know in person and it's interesting to manage expectations that way i'm sure the clients aren't actually looking at that way the clients still want the best they can get obviously because they need it but it does affect the concepting, you know, and I, don't, I always say I don't want our people limited by this. We, we have to be the best at it, I say. I want us to be the best at making video presentations, the best at making, you know, video work over whether you're in the room or not, you know, the best at it. But there's a difference of being able to sit with a director and say, can that performance be smaller? Just try one. Try it this way. You, you're not getting it when you're not there. There's just something in that nuance of a performance could be the difference between something being a B plus and an A, right? It maybe isn't different. And it's like, it's degrees of, 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 um, of difference. And the nuanced performances when it comes to making a film or something, it's, it's very difficult to do it uh, over a, a screen. You're gonna be, again, I think we've had amazing clients who've been very understanding along with us. But I think as a team, you're starting the concept of like, do I really want to do something that's so heavy comedy performance if yeah. I can't be there to say, no, I meant the inflection like that, not like that. <laughs> We're missing the nuance. How are you looking at the future of how we work? What do you think, Rob? I know you guys have cut back. I know I saw an announcement from Interpublic some time ago that, you know, a million square feet or five million square, you know, some massive number of office space is probably going to yeah. not exist in a year or what, you know, some number. What do you think in terms of how you look at it? Well, here, my, my, my view on that is, you know, there's going to be the pre-vaccine belief and the post-vaccine belief. It's really hard to say to people, uh, come to the office. We'd like you to come. We encourage you to come to the office uh, when there's no vaccine. Right. So I, I think we can at least all agree that there's going to be a pre and post. I think certain businesses can continue to work from home, you know, and I think hopefully we'll, we'll get back. I mean, we're a people business. Our only product is people. Right. So the people happen to be better when they're together. We're just more more productive. And if we want to have a continue to have a business where only the senior people will succeed, 
well, then this is a perfect maybe recipe for it. But if you want to develop talent, there's no way you can develop talent solely through working through video or, hey, I'm coming in Tuesday, you come in Wednesday. You have to get back to some level of normalcy. And I think we will find the things that will be cut down are you won't be flying six hours for a 45 minute meeting. You won't be driving down from uptown to downtown. Uh, you know, I mean, Verizon, one of our best and, and largest clients, like they're downtown. We, we'd be down there every day, you know, and will you be doing it every day? You'll still be wanting to be. It's, it's interesting, but Microsoft six hours, you know, five hours away, we will be flying as much as we were. So I think that is an interesting thing, but, I think the companies will be together again. And I think they'll want to be together again, together again. And certainly the young people will because they want to learn and be great. And I think it's up to the senior people who might have to leave their, their great situations where they've got a pool and three bedrooms and it's beautiful. And, you know, let's go to the beach. Like, that's a different thing. So I think the senior people will have to recognize that to the benefit of, of young people and back to the apprenticeship business that we're in, you know, once it's safe, you're going to have to sacrifice and come back and mentor and teach and people as much as you were trying to do it over a video. There's, there's nothing like no, being I, together. So uh, I, I do I, think I post, post vaccine, it will take some time, but there's a reason we all want to go to these cities. There's energy, there's excitement. There's a difference between, I, I have a lot of energy all the time, but I've been looking at the same damn tree for eight, eight, eight months, right? I went back in the city. I'm going back in the office a few days a week now. And even with no one there, there's an energy for me. I totally there's something agree. about it that uh, I look forward to, but only if it's safe. I'm with you, Rob. You know, Rob, I never know where my song cues come from, but you just gave me a great song cue as a thread for us to yeah. end this conversation. But there's a reason that McCann World Group has had the renaissance, really, uh, that it's had under your stewardship. There's no doubt about it. Your energy, your passion, your creativity, and who you are. And I don't say this in puffery. I say this in, in true you know, friendship and respect is why McCann World Group has, as I say, had a renaissance in my mind over the last several years. The wins obviously matter. We all keep score somehow. Yeah, of course. But not only that, just the sheer creativity and the brands you've brought back. I look at the work with Microsoft, you know, as an example. Microsoft is neck and neck as the most valuable company in the world again. Yeah, and sure. really unusual. You can't talk about many companies that were here or were here, then yeah. we're kind of here and now we're back here. It doesn't happen. You're a lead well, in one era, you don't lead in the next era. For that's, sure. That's, you know, here, here's magic. the thing, and those are really incredible words and I appreciate it, but if you follow me on Facebook, uh, it's, it's, I always say hire great people, get out of the way. I think we have the best people that have know how to lead. You leave them alone to do their jobs. They're professionals. They know the score. But I feel if you hire the right people, you don't have to tell them. You don't, you know, no one's required. Nowhere in the world is anyone required to show me a piece of work to check in with me to do it. I'm busy, you know, seven days a week. People do. I encourage them to. But like, you've got to give people autonomy to be great. And I think we've done that as not just creative people, it's business leadership, it's a uh, strategy. I mean, when you look at the, the leadership team of Suzanne Powers, myself, Tyrus Diamond, Bill Kolb, Chris McDonald, and that, like, it is a really uh, amazing team that is there and it's equal. It's three-legged stool, we always say. It's, you have to have it. And that's really the reason why I think we've been successful. 
Um, and I think a brand like Microsoft is, you know, again, you need leadership on the other side to come back, right? And you need to be have innovative products and 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 reinvent yourself as a brand. I've I've always believed that Microsoft is doesn't try to be cool; they just make cool things and do cool things. And when when you've got that, it's easy to make ads that are authentic and genuine, and and hopefully break through, you know. And uh, well, listen, Rob Riley, we've enjoyed a long friendship. We've yeah. had lots of laughs together. I appreciate your insights. And I appreciate your leadership in this industry. You're, well, you're a I good man, Rob. You right? having me on. You're a great friend of mine. I'm Michael Kasson. Thanks for listening to Good Company. Good Company is a production of iHeartRadio. A special thanks to Lena Peterson, Chief Brand Officer and Managing Director of MediaLink, for her vision on Good Company. And to Jen Seeley, Vice President, Marketing Communications of MediaLink, for programming amazing talent and content. Good Company is edited by Jessica Kreinchich. 